Welcome to the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast, the podcast that helps you find solutions for your weight concerns that will last a lifetime. You've got this. This podcast contains general educational information on weight loss for physicians. I am not providing medical advice and listening to this podcast does not create a physician-patient relationship. This podcast does not replace the need for consultation with a licensed professional and no information should be relied upon unless you have obtained specific advice or treatment from myself or another physician. Please review the terms and conditions located at www.weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca before continuing. Welcome to episode 151 of the Weight Solutions for Physicians podcast. I am your host, Sean Key. Thank you so much for joining me, guys. All right, we are knee deep in our Kickstart series on the podcast. These are the live recordings from my teaching that I did within the Kickstart challenge. Uh, And I decided to share them with you because there is so much good information in this. Uh, We were getting good questions and led me to go even deeper than what I had planned out in the surface of the kickstart. And so I just wanted to share these recordings with you because I think they'll be very helpful for you. Now, within these recordings, you'll hear me reference a course and you can access this online course. You also can have access to this free online course, which is a series of additional videos and a workbook that complements everything I'm teaching in these episodes. And so I think it would be a fantastic option for you to uh, go and access so you get even more help with what I'm teaching you in these um, this series of episodes. So head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash kickstart. That's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash kickstart. And you can register to get access to the free course uh, that I talk about and reference in some of these recordings. It The material is really complimentary, but it's a little bit different. So if you like this stuff and you want to take it to a deeper level, that free course is going to be a fantastic way for you to do it. Today's session that I'm sharing with you is about what to eat. How do you know what to eat when you're trying to lose weight? And as you've heard, if you've listened to the other uh, episodes in this series, I have a little bit of a different approach than a lot of people in the weight loss field about this. So have a listen to this recording, see what my approach is. See what you can decide to take away from this as you move about your day today or the next days. How can you apply this to your life? That's what I want you to be thinking about as you listen to this episode. All right, let's get to it. Okay, happy Saturday morning, guys. Today we are talking about what to eat. So we've talked about uh, how weight loss is about more than just food. Um, we've talked about a lot of stuff like uh, restriction and things like that. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to listen to the Q&A session that we did yesterday morning, I'd encourage you to because we covered a lot of really good uh, topics. There's some really good questions like, how do you plan for those super busy weeks that we all know happen as physicians? How do you manage uh, lots of other things? So check out the Q&A session if you haven't had a chance to. Okay, so we are going to be talking about what to eat. Um, And I know that the way I approach this can feel a little bit different. It can feel a little bit difficult for you if you're used to always having a diet. And I just want you to know that I approach this really intentionally. I choose the path of not actually telling you what to eat because I don't think that works. I have a lot of experience working with uh, people in my obesity medicine practice, but also coaching physicians and coaching physicians who have done other programs where there have been rules of what to eat. And honestly, if it comes from somebody else, it's hard to keep that lifelong because it's an external source of uh, a rule. And as humans, we don't really like other people making rules about our lives. So we're going to talk about that and how to approach that. I wanted to just give you guys a little bit of a sort of inside peek into something I'm working on. Um, What I was working on just right before I came live here is uh, um, a new program that I'm going to be offering as a bonus with Stress Eating SOS, 
so for people that register uh, on the first day of Stress Eating SOS, they'll have access to this program. And it's called the Catalyst Program. It's a 30-day weight loss mindset program. And I just wanted to bring it up because it's fun. And I know a lot of the topics. So each day, there's a five-minute little audio motivational talk on a different topic that's important. And the point of it is to help your brain stay focused throughout the day and contemplate some of these mindset shifts that we're working on uh, so that you start to see more results and more benefits uh, faster. Um, and so I was working on recording a bunch because there's 30 of these different audio clips that I have to record for this. So I was working on recording a bunch of them this morning. But it, you know, it's topics like how do you say no to food? How do you stay focused on your goals instead of on failure? How do you deal with the obstacles on the road? That's one that I did right before I came on. Um, and so I just wanted to let you guys know about it, that it's something in the works. It'll be an option. It'll be available to you if you are thinking about joining Stress Eating SOS. Um, and I think it's going to be really fun. It's born because the reason why I'm creating this program is because one of the feedback I get from the physicians in my programs is that, you know, they find the coaching, they find sessions like this to be really helpful. They walk away thinking, okay, yeah, no, I've got that sorted. And then life gets in the way and it's hard to keep your brain focused, right? And so what this is meant to be is something, it's such short little snippets. You can use them on the fly. You can listen to them while you brush your teeth, but they'll keep you focused on a daily basis. You'll stay focused, keep your head in the game as you go about your busy lifestyle. That's why I've created this. Anyways, I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be great. If that sounds good and you're like, I really want to make sure I get that on the first day, you can join the Stress Eating SOS waitlist. Uh, the link for that, I can pop it into the chat here, but it's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash SOS is the simple link. I'm going to put it into the chats here for you guys uh, in case anybody wants to check it out. Um, if you do join this the wait list, I offer bonuses for people in the wait on the wait list. And one of the bonuses is coming up on Tuesday. There's a free coaching session on Tuesday uh, for anybody on the wait list. And what that looks like is um, similar to this, we're on Zoom, except it's actually more direct coaching. So it's bringing either people on live or answering direct questions and doing more coaching um, about difficulties that people are dealing with. So it's a chance to try out this whole coaching thing and see what it's like. So I encourage you, if you're interested, join the waitlist and then you'll get information about uh, that coaching program coming up on Tuesday. All right, let's talk about what to eat. How many, type in the chat. Tell me where you guys are from today. And then type in the chat what you're feeling. When you think about, I need to start a diet, what feeling does that bring up for you? Think about that. When you're thinking about, oh, I have to get going on another diet. How do you feel about it? Type it into the chat or into the comments if you're watching on Facebook. While you're doing that, what I want you to what I want to talk about is like, what have we been taught about how we should eat? Because let me like reassure you, we have been taught a whole lot of stuff about how we should eat uh, to lose weight. We've been taught that it needs to come from outside of us. We've been taught that there's somebody out there that knows how we should eat to lose weight. And the re we've been kind of taught that the reason why we haven't lost the weight we want to is that we need to find the right person, the right diet. We haven't found that right diet. And one day we're going to magically stumble upon it. And this is, I'm saying that it like this because this is the messaging we get. We're going to magically stumble upon this diet. And all of a sudden it will just fix our weight issue. And that's not true. That never works. Um, it, it, and it doesn't feel that good when you think about it that way. Um, maybe if it actually worked. It would, but I can guarantee you, us as a collective group have tried and looked for enough diets that if that diet actually uh, existed out there, we would have done it. And that's because the diet is just a small piece of the puzzle. What you really need to lose weight and keep it off is you need this a customized approach that takes into account, yes, how to eat, but also, you know, if you know how you want to eat, why don't you always eat it that way? What gets in your way? of eating in that way on a regular basis um, and problem solving all of those things. So you can actually eat in a way that you think will help you lose weight consistently. And a diet on its own doesn't do that. 
that's why I talk about how, developing this customized approach because the diet's just a little sliver. We need to like, for lasting weight loss, we need to look at all the stuff around that. Yes, this matters. What you choose to eat does matter, but it's not the only piece, nor is it even the biggest piece. And we've been taught that it has been the biggest piece. And so I see um, just some of the comments is, that I've seen in the chat is, you know, excited until it stops working and uh, feel like you have to make big changes and things like that. Uh, Ugh, dread. And so, you know, it's interesting to notice these feelings, right? Now, what do we know from an evidence standpoint? Well, we as physicians know that there's very little evidence for a dietary intervention making substantial changes. We know a small percent of people lose weight with dietary intervention. We know that the percentage of people that lose weight and keep it off is even smaller than that. Um, and so we know research-wise, it supports that there's not a diet out there. Again, it if there was, it's been researched, we would have found it. Now, that being said, I do think, and this is my belief, that nutritional science, nutritional evidence is not the simplest to work through. But I do think the lower carb approach does have more evidence for weight loss um, and sustainability. And so that's why I personally choose it and why I use it in my obesity medicine program. And uh, what I'll talk about in a little bit is for any of you who are, you know, not familiar with kind of the, a lower carb approach, I'm going to first talk to you about my version of lower carb approach, because as soon as we hear um, like lower carb approach, we think, oh, keto, or like we have a vision of what that is. I'm about, it's whatever you want it to be. You take the science that makes sense to you and then you design it in a way that you think it's actually going to work in your life. Um, yeah. And so I'm just reading Amal, your um, note about everybody kind of and ultimately ends up recommending a diet. Yeah. And, you know, I think like when programs recommend a way of eating, I, it's done with good intention, right? And yes, if we could all follow that way of eating consistently, then it would probably work. The issue, and, and definitely the people that I coach, and my interest in coaching around more stress and binge eating is, you know, if, if that doesn't work for you, if having that answer of like, oh, just do this, just cut out, you know, don't eat sugar anymore, don't eat any processed carbs anymore, if just having that that kind of rule doesn't work for you, if you're like, okay, yeah, but how do I actually do that when, when I'm super stressed or when I'm post-call, then that's where my approach comes in. Because I, if you struggle with like emotional or binge eating, what we often do with these diet rules that we get from other people is we use them against ourselves. So not only is the diet rule itself not addressing the reasons why it's hard to follow it, but we then, use, when we're not following that rule, we use it as a sign of failure and we beat ourselves up about the rule, which then I think might be what you're talking about, Amal, is that like uh, kind of increased anxiety about it. Um, so then we, we start to use that rule against ourselves. And here's the thing, anything you do in weight loss, the rules, the food journals, the scale, any of that stuff, always view it as a tool that is meant to help you. So if you have something like a dietary rule and it's making you beat yourself up, it's probably not helping you. It's not being a useful tool in that moment. That doesn't mean it never will. And we can talk about that today about how, you know, how you choose to think about something will really change your experience of it. So it doesn't mean it never will, but it means it's an opportunity for you to problem solve a little bit and see because anything where we're trying to make changes in our life and yet we're, you know, just beating ourselves up the whole way. It's not going to be lasting. It's, it's going to feel uncomfortable. It'll make our lives worse. Cause then think of like, if you're beating yourselves up about a food choice, how much time in the day do you spend beating yourselves up about what you've eaten or what you want to eat or what the scale did? Like it can take 
pretty much your entire day and be there in the background the whole day. So using tools against ourselves actually often makes your days worse. What I'm really about is how can we reach your goals, make changes in your eating, feel your best physically, but also make your life better. That's what I love about all this coaching stuff is it's diets can't make your life better. But when we really work on all these foundational things, when we look at the big picture, like what I've been talking about, it makes your life better. Um, Okay. So we'll talk a little bit about like lower carb stuff, just so you kind of know what my approach doesn't mean you have to use lower carb. Um, And uh, the, what I wanted to talk about first is like, why don't diets work on a personal level? And so it's this whole concept that I've talked about. is like trying to fit square peg and roll. So you and your life are a square peg. Somebody's nice little ideal of a diet is the round hole. And then you're trying to push yourself into it and trying to um, uh, get yourself to fit into their ideal. And that doesn't feel good. It, it doesn't feel nice. It feels like work. It takes willpower. It takes a lot of effort. What I want you to think about it with designing a customized approach is you're whatever square peg you are or whatever shape of peg you are. And then you get to design something that takes into account all those different angles and facets of you. You get to design something that actually addresses your areas that you struggle with and comes up with compassionate solutions that work for you and make your life better rather than just beating yourself up because you can't quite fit yourself into somebody else's ideal. And, you know, fitting ourselves into somebody else's ideal, it oversimplifies the process. It tells us, you know, all we need to do is wait is just follow this diet, which we know isn't true. Um, And that creates the shame and failure that I was talking about before, where it creates more... um, I think it looks like I'm frozen on uh, on Facebook, so I'm hoping I'm not frozen with you guys on Zoom. Can you guys just let me know if you can still hear me? Type into the chat if I'm, if you can hear me or see me. Okay, but I'm doing okay. Okay. Um, so it, it creates the shame and failure that then holds us back. Anything that creates more shame and failure in this process will not get you to your goals. We have to actively work around that. Uh, oh, thanks. Thanks, guys, on Facebook. My, my view of the Facebook feed is it's totally frozen, so I appreciate knowing that you guys can see and hear me. Good. Um, anything that creates shame and failure holds you back. It keeps you from getting to your goals. And so we want to work in the opposite direction. And we want to notice any time that you're experiencing shame and failure and then work on it. Work on how you're thinking about what's happened to create a thought that gets away from the shame of failure, that actually puts you in a mindset that's going to be easier for you to move on and keep focused and going towards your goals. Um, And the big thing about diets, any way that you're trying to change how you're eating, is what matters is not so much the absolute of the diet. What matters is consistency in whichever way you decide that you're going to eat. You just want to make sure that you're consistently consistent is what I say. So you don't have to be perfect. We think we do, but you don't have to be perfect. You just consistently have to be consistent with what you're doing. So you give it a really good chance to see if it works. Then if it doesn't work, you tweak it, which we'll talk a little bit more about. The other reason why on a personal level, fitting yourself into somebody else's diet doesn't work is if somebody else gives you this external set of rules, you're far more likely to feel deprived. Um, you know, it doesn't take into account your personal time schedules. You know, you end up in that place where you're like, oh, now I have to make like three different dinners a night if I want to follow this diet. It doesn't take into account your personal preferences. And that's come up a lot in the Facebook group, right? Where people have said, you know what, like that doesn't sound good to me. Like, I don't think I, I really struggle with eating the vegetables and things like that. 
you have to start with where you're at rather than trying to force yourself into some version of perfection. You start with where you're at and then you build, you shift and you make changes. And um, if you're feeling like deprived and restricted and you're unhappy about having having an external set of um, food rules applied to you, what it actually creates, and I find this fascinating about how our brain does this, is it creates micro inconsistencies. So these are inconsistencies that you may not actually even notice that are happening without you being aware of them. They fly below the radar, but they're just the little, little things. And they can be enough where they can add up to getting in the way of your progress and getting in the way of your goals. And the the whole like sort of dissatisfaction with following a diet can create this for you. And so what we want to do is we want to focus on something that we can feel happy about. And this is what I've talked about in the Facebook group and in the emails and stuff so far is we want a way of eating that we actually like, that we enjoy the food and it fits into our lifestyle. So it's not like we take on a part-time job to cook the healthy food. It fits into our schedule and that we can then follow consistently. And you want that. We can talk about consistency, you know, on a day-to-day basis, and that's where those micro-inconsistencies can come up. But really what we're talking about is we want a way of eating that you not only can follow consistently for days, but you can follow consistently for months and years, because that's what it takes to lose weight and keep it off. The way you eat to lose your weight, you have to continue eating it to maintain your weight. And I can say that with experience of maintaining a large weight loss for a lot of years now is I eat pretty much the same way now as I did when I was losing my weight. And if I stray from that, like if I do, you know, start eating more carbs for a little bit, the weight starts to come back, not to the point where I feel out of control, but that's because of all these other tools that I've developed. But enough where I'm like, yeah, you know what, that way of eating doesn't actually work for my body. For my body, I just need to get back to my normal, which is lower carb. So let's talk a little bit about lower carb for those of you who I know a lot of you are familiar with it, but let's just review kind of the science behind it, the theory behind it. Why does lower carb work? And it comes down to the insulin theory. So if you guys remember from medical school, insulin uh, obviously brings blood sugar into your cells, maintains your blood sugar levels in your vascular system, but it also has other functions. So when insulin levels are high, they block lipolysis. So they block your ability to lose or break down your fat. They send messages to your body to store sugar in the cells, but also into your muscles and liver in the form of glycogen. And then it also sends a message that if there's extra food energy beyond what can be stored there, then it needs to just get changed to fat and put into your adipose tissue. So if you think about the standard North American diet where we eat carbohydrates at every meal, every time we eat, we're getting an insulin surge to deal with those carbohydrates. And I think it's important to notice that even if you were eating high fiber whole wheat carbohydrates, it does create an insulin spike. So when we're trying to lose weight, if you always have insulin around at higher levels, it's actually difficult to burn fat and break down fat for fuel. And yet when you want to lose weight, you want to be burning your fats, your fat stores. So by trimming out the carbohydrates, you lower your insulin levels, which then allows you to access your fat stores. It allows you to build the machinery to burn fat as fuel. And uh, that's then what makes it easier to lose weight. It also, what you'll find on lower carb eating is generally your appetite's more stable. And that's partly because you eat more fat, which is satiating. Um, And then I think it's also partly as you become fat adapted and you can burn fat for fuel, um, it becomes, you you don't have the same hunger signals. I just want to pause for one moment to just give a bit of a disclaimer that if you are on insulin or other um, uh, hypoglycemic medications uh, or antihypertensives, things like that, if you are going to make drastic changes to your carbohydrates, you need to talk to your doctor because things like insulin and stuff need to be adjusted quite quickly. Um, so just know that it can be a powerful therapeutic intervention. And so stay in contact with your doctor if you're making changes. 
that's my little disclaimer. And so I see, um, Amal, you're saying it works well till you have a bad day or your migraine's out of control. And then having carbs that day more than what you had all week. Totally. And so the place to work with that is to look at, okay, in a bad day or on the days where you have migraines, what is it that triggers you to want the food and how do we problem solve around that? And I think a good place to start would be asking yourself, does the, do the carbohydrates actually make things better? Now I had similar, I, for a lot of years, if I had a migraine, I would go for French fries and it felt like it made my headaches better. And that's what I would say to myself is I have a really bad headache. I just need to go have some carbohydrates and I'll feel better. What I've learned over the years is it wasn't the carbohydrates that was making me feel better. It was um, the drink, I think. It was the volume of fluids that I had and probably the caffeine because I would have like a Diet Coke with them. Um, And so playing with it and just being curious about it, about, okay, what does my brain tell me this food's going to do? Does it actually do that? What is the impact of it? Does eating a bunch of carbs on a day I have a migraine set me up for a migraine the next day? Sometimes that happens too. So just being really curious about it. Okay, let's talk about what it means to create your own way of eating. And I think creating your own way of eating, especially if it's new to you, it's going to feel uncomfortable probably. You'll probably feel um, like second-guessing yourself, wishing somebody would just tell you what you should or shouldn't eat. And all of that is okay. I want you to know that that confusion, that uncertainty is all okay. It's part of learning something new. Think of this skill, the skill of giving yourself the permission to decide what you eat as learning something new, similar to like getting on a bike for the very first time and learning how to ride a bike. Uh, It takes time and it's going to take time before it feels comfortable. Eventually it will. It'll feel more comfortable than any diet because you're not trying to focus on somebody else's rules and see if you're measuring up. You're just focusing on the guidelines that you've created for yourself. This takes a willingness to experiment. So you can decide how you're going to eat. And if you're doing that consistently, then you see if it works for your body. If it doesn't, then you tweak things. And I always talk about tweaks instead of drastic changes. What we're used to in weight loss is we go in big swings. Like I'm doing this, it didn't work, so now I'll go over here and do this. I really believe that when you, if you really want to know what's going to work for your body, you change one or two variables at a time. You tweak it, you tweak it, you tweak it. And then ultimately what comes up is you have a really good understanding of what truly works for your body, what things are the you know, most effective things to put in place when you're wanting to lose weight. The other piece about this is when you're creating your own way of eating, it's going to take willingness to uh, problem solve and figure out when you're not following your own plans. It's going to take the willingness to be curious about it, to figure out why, if, if this plan is what you think is going to work best for you, why is it hard for you to follow? And I say that with a really compassionate voice, not like, oh, why aren't you following it? It's curious. Why? What's in the way? What's going on between the two? Why is there a mismatch? It takes that willingness. And that's kind of what I was talking about with you, Amala, in answering the question. Is that like, okay, interesting. I've noticed this mismatch. I wonder why. What's going on there? I wanted to talk to you about kind of common tripping hazards I see in this, places where people get a little uh, messed up or it slows them down. And by far, oh, I forgot to announce the winners of the mugs. I'll announce it at the end because uh, we've got the names of the people that won the two mugs from the last few days of posts. Um, anyways, but by far, the thing where people get tripped up the most is when we say to ourselves, okay, you can decide what you want to eat our brain immediately goes to a very restrictive perfectionistic version of what we think we should eat. Type in the chat if you see yourself doing that. It goes to like the, you know, okay, I'll have salads every single day and I'll never have another snack or uh, anything uh, like a treat again. So I can do this as quickly as I can. 
type in the comments of the chat if, if you see yourself doing that. And that's okay if you are, because that's what we've been trained to do. That's the diet mentality coming out. And so we just need to notice it and ask ourselves, how do we feel when we think that? Like when, when you're, you've given them kind of the free reign of designing how you want to eat and your brain goes to the most restrictive version, how does that feel for you? How does that, when you think about living your life eating that way, what does that feel like to you? And it's probably not going to feel really good. And so for that, you know, you want to really notice. And then if when you're planning how you want to be eating and designing your own way of eating, if it feels like crap, it's not going to work long term. And it's probably that it's your brain is doing this diet mentality and it's going a bit over restrictive. And so notice it if it feels that way. It shouldn't feel like crap. It shouldn't feel like this horrible, horrific thing that you have to do to yourself. Yeah, like sometimes the fun has been taken away. I always talk about like it just becomes this like gray zone of nothingness that you picture you're eating for the rest of your life. Well, how likely are we to actually follow that? Not at all, I can tell you. Um, and so if you want, I, I, I love that comment, Joanne, because, you know, then if you want something fun, then it becomes a problem-solving situation where you're like, okay, like, I want to lose weight. I want to eat healthy, but I also want to feel like I'm having fun. How can I accomplish that? What would that look like? And this is one of those questions I talked about before where asking yourself a good question, I, I think I talked about this in the Q&A session, let it rumble around in your mind and see what it comes up with. I really believe you can have fun with your food and stick to a weight loss plan. It's what I focus on. I love food. I love cooking. And so part of my success for my, with lower carb has had to be, how do I, you know, entertain? How do we have like big groups with friends over? Obviously when COVID allows, but, um, and still I feel like I eat on plan. When I want something sweet, when I want to celebrate my birthday, how do I do that? And it's just been problem solving all these different levels. And yeah, Marla, so migraine comes on too. Do you mean that's with making the food changes or thinking about the food changes creates a migraine? Because if it's making the food changes, I would just get curious about, okay, what is it that gives a migraine? And is there a different way to make the changes that wouldn't necessarily give you the migraine? Okay, so the first sort of tripping hazard was the making it overly restrictive. Our brain's slipping into that uh, diet mentality and being like, oh, you're giving up everything you've ever loved. <laughs> you're never going to be able to eat it again. Um, and uh, the other thing is the kind of confusion in grass is greener. So when we're starting to make changes and we're starting to um, do this new approach that feels a little bit more difficult, that feels different to what you've done before, then you will feel confused at times and that's okay. Confusion means you're kind of getting yourself out and like out of your comfort zone. You're trying something new. It's okay to sometimes feel confused. What you want to watch for is the grass is greener thinking. So the thinking, watching other people and being like, oh, they're doing it so much better or oh, if I just switch over and do this diet, it's going to be better. It's just... The grass is greener, that comparisonness never actually helps. It makes you feel worse for where you're at. And then what you'll find is if you do kind of try to do what they're doing because you think they're doing a better job or try something else, you'll, you'll end up in the same position you are. So just notice when your brain wants to do that. The reason why our brains create confusion and do the um, uh, comparison for us is because it kind of doesn't want you to change. Our brains like us to be where we are um, and they don't love change. And so when our brain gets us confused and we stop taking action, it's working for that part of your brain. So you just need to notice it and just keep going, keep figuring it out as, as long as you go. And then I kind of talked about this a bit, but using your plan against yourself. Um, and so you, using like, and I kind of wonder, I think it was Joanne that you just mentioned the 
just so focused on your eating instead of living life. Um, and it's like you create this plan and then you constantly hold yourself up against it. And you're like, well, I'm not following it. And so therefore I'm not doing a good job. And so for your question specifically, Joanne, I would say, I would ask yourself the question of how could you make it, um, work for you so you're not always thinking about food how could you let it be as simple as possible and for me the way I do that is I just have food in categories where I'm like okay this in general is what I eat and I can kind of eat freely of this food I occasionally or I sometimes eat food in this category and I keep the food in this category for occasional um and for me that's given me the kind of ease that I can navigate any food situation with that makes it then easy where I don't always have to be thinking. But it is, it's a learning curve, right, guys? This is different than what you've done before. So it's okay if it's, if you're like, oh, I don't know if I'm getting it right. And then, yeah, Joanne, you're saying you got the comparison last evening. Um, and yeah, a colleague talked about being able to eat fries after crazy shifts. And I think, you know what? I talked to, I'm trying to think of which session I, maybe the second session I talked about this, but we all have different bodies, right? And it's so easy to judge and think that other people can eat stuff and have no consequences. The reality is she either, you know, she may have consequences, right? Like you can have metabolic disorder, even if you're skinny and and thin, or she may, yes, eat fries after some crazy shifts, but she, her eating other times might be different. And that's why she's thin. And it, it, and I say that with just an approach of we're all different. Our bodies are all different. Our minds are all different. And it's all okay. Um, I know it's easy to compare and feel down, but notice when we're comparing and we're feeling down, what does that do to your motivation, to your next food choice, um, to the next day, all of that stuff. Um, okay, so here's my success tips. These are the tips that I find really work when you're designing how you want to eat. Number one, design a way of eating like you're designing for somebody you actually like. So this means think of your future self, the version of you that actually is going to follow through with these plans and this kind of outline of eating that you're creating. And ask yourself, how could you design something that's going to work, but that she's actually going to like to do, that she's going to enjoy eating? And I love to think about it like this is, and again, this is one of the questions you can ask yourself and just let it rumble around in your head is, how could you design the food so that she's actually excited to eat it? So when it comes time to eat that packed lunch that you packed yourself or whatever it is, you... Uh, you're looking forward to it and you don't even consider going out because you're so excited to eat the food that you actually packed. And again, all of this isn't going to come right away, but if you keep asking yourself the question, if you set the standard to that and you'll notice then the difference is in the diet mentality, we set a standard of ourselves that we need to match up to this certain diet. What I'm talking about is you set a standard for your way of eating that it needs to meet certain requirements for you, that you have to actually like it, that it actually has to fit into your schedule. And I see uh, comments about, you know, um, doing everything separate from the family. And so then it becomes, a, okay, so this way of eating, I need to figure out a way of doing it where I'm not cooking everything separate for the family. So plan your way of eating like you're planning for somebody that you actually like. <laughs> Think of it like if you were going to be inviting somebody else over for um, to eat with you tomorrow and they were somebody that you knew were working on their weight, but you wanted them to have an enjoyable day with you, what would you plan for them to eat? It might be different than what you're just planning for yourself. And the more that you can create ways of eating that you actually like, this is why I keep coming back to this then it becomes simple to follow it. Because if you really like that, like, for example, I'm going to use the lower carb, carb as an example, just because that's my personal experience. But if I really am excited about what we're having for dinner, which I often am, then I don't 
do what I used to do, which was, uh, you know, let's just order pizza in or let's just go out for dinner tonight. I don't feel like cooking. I've planned it and I've decided it's going to be fantastic. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. And that trumps anything that I would go and get in a restaurant. Or flip side, because I know lots of us eat out, when you're eating out, you and we talked about this in the Q&A session, you make the plan so that you can eat out and be totally happy with what you're ordering. It takes a bit of detective work, sometimes takes asking for modifications. I'm a huge modifier when I order food, whether it horrifies my husband or not, he's gotten a lot better with it. But it, um, you know, I can take, I can, I've developed a skill, and this is over years, where I can dismantle a menu in my mind and take the parts of it that I think are going to create a great meal for me. So sometimes it means I take the vegetable that's on the side of a different meal, and I add it to mine. Sometimes I ask for you know, the past, something that would normally go on pasta or rice. And I asked them to put it on shredded cabbage, which I know they have because it's on their tacos that they have on the appetizer menu. Um, there's all different things that I've developed that I really like. So I'm not eating, feeling deprived in the restaurant, but I'm actually looking forward to what I'm going to eat. I think that's really powerful. And then view any times, and I kind of talked about this already, any times that you notice you're not following your plan, View them as opportunities to be curious. View it as opportunities to go, okay, I wonder what's going on here. What, like, if this plan really is the way I want to be eating, and you can always question that, right? Like, you can review it and go, okay, is it overly restrictive? Like, do I have some negative thoughts about this plan? But if you've decided you like the plan and then you find you're not following it, then it's just fantastic opportunities to learn and to kind of coach yourself and figure out triggers for why you eat the way you do and then any barriers and you guys have come up with a bunch of them here in this talk any barriers that you come up with look at them not as like this brick wall that you're not going to be able to get through but look at them as a challenge that you can find a solution to and like i've mentioned sometimes the solutions don't come immediately sometimes they're both of the learning curve or sometimes it takes asking yourself a question over and over again, like over days or weeks, and then you'll start to get some answers. But there are no kind of brick wall barriers that you can't get past in this. It just takes the, that willingness to experiment and that uh, opportunity to problem solve them. Um, okay, let me uh, see if I missed anything in the chat. Yeah, so Marla, uh, just coming back to your migraines, the not eating enough and then the emotional baggage. So what I would say then is when you're designing a plan and you're making changes, make it a priority that like you may change what you're eating, but at least in those first days a week, eat enough. Make it a priority where you're asking yourself, did I have enough? So you're not changing what you're eating and really restricting them out and see if that helps with your migraines. Also fluid, I think it helps a lot when we change what we're eating. There are, we diaries, there's fluid shifts. I think that can trigger migraines. I know personally that happens. So fluids and sometimes electrolytes can help just as a more practical standpoint. Um, so picky adults and uh, picky kids would be the other thing uh, that came up in the chat. So the way you deal with them is... Um, you don't have to change, especially if they're adults, right? You're not going to be able to change what they eat. So you get to decide if you're the one cooking, you get to decide how you want to cook. So one option is you can say, this is how I'm cooking because this works for me. If you guys don't like it, you're welcome to try some, like get something else. So I do do this approach sometimes like, um, because uh, my husband and I eat lower carbs, the kids don't. Sometimes I'm cooking something and one of the kids will be like, yeah, but I don't like salmon or whatever. And so then my answer is, okay, that's fine. Like if you really don't want to eat what I'm cooking, you can take some of the leftovers out of the fridge. You can have some chicken from last night instead of the salmon or something like that. So um, just because somebody doesn't like what you're cooking, if you're the one cooking, this is my belief doesn't mean you have to cook for what they don't like. If they don't like what's being prepared for them, they can choose to prepare something else. Again, my belief, but um, that can be a bit freeing. The other option is you can look at it and go, okay, say 
the classic, again, using a low carb example, the classic would be if you want to go low carb and you have a partner that's like, you know, meat, potatoes and everything. That's okay. You can still make the meat and potatoes and vegetable meal. But what you do is you choose not to eat the potatoes part of it and you cook more vegetables and you add a little bit of fat to it. Um, like add some butter to your vegetables so you get some fat. So you have the protein in a bigger portion of the vegetables. The partner still eats their meat and be- meat and potatoes and bit of vegetable, uh, but it didn't take a bunch of extra work. So letting it be as simple as possible, that's one example. Um, for us, like here's an example too, because so sometimes like the kids love pasta, they love spaghetti and meatballs. So sometimes we'll make that, the kids will have pasta and then either my husband and I just won't eat the pasta or we found alternatives that are easy to do. So my favorite pasta alternative is just shredded raw cabbage. And it's easy. It's cheap. I can do it in minutes with a little mandolin that I got at Winners. Um, and then we uh, just put the sauce on top of it and that works for us. So I'm not giving you guys these examples as like, this is what you need to do. But I'm giving you these examples as... Ways that if you're open to problem solving and experimentation, ways you can actually find things that work for you. Because I don't think you should be making multiple meals. It's just not sustainable. And um, chances are when you get tired, it'll probably be you that takes the brunt of it, right? Like you'll stop making the stuff that's working for you and go back to the other stuff. Um, It's, you know, things like, so for my birthday, I ask for a low carb cake. My husband makes me a low carb black forest cake, which I love. And the kids eat that. Like if, if the kids have a choice between a low carb baked good and a regular baked good, they're old enough to know the difference. They'll choose the regular one. But if all we're making is a low carb option, you need the, I, the mandolins. You need a Kevlar glove if you're using a mandolin and use the, the, the protective barriers. Good point, Joanne. I also uh, have done a merge and sewed on enough little fingertips, but Kevlar gloves are a really good uh, good approach if you are wanting to use a mandolin. Um, sorry, <laughs> got distracted by the, the mandolin. Uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah. Like, so, you know, if we're making something that's low carb, like, what am I, if I'm going to make breakfast, I make a low carb waffle recipe that I really like. It's by uh, Nom Nom, G-N-O-M, G-O-N-O-M. Her waffle recipe is really good. And it gives me that like kind of bready, warm, and I put like berries and whipped cream on it. Love it. The kids used to love them. And now they're like, oh, can we have regular waffles? But if I'm making those waffles, I'm not making regular waffles. They get to decide if they eat waffles or if they choose to have uh, a bowl of cereal instead. But if I'm putting the effort in of making it, then that's the choice that they have is how I approach it. Okay, any other questions, guys? Good. And so one question is uh, just kind of feeling lost. So starting the, the challenge and um, but feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm lost. That's okay. I One of the sessions I talked about, um, no matter or what I really use is a belief of you take away from anything that you do what you actually need to in the moment. So as physicians, when we're going through something like this challenge, and I'm talking about like all these different things, it can be really easy to kind of be like, I have to do them all. And I think it's really important to say to yourself, whatever you're doing, whatever shifts, like the fact you've been here and listening to this session and you're just getting kind of shifts in your mindset, these are going to serve you and they are what you need to take away in the moment. Now, from an actual practical standpoint for the challenge, if you're like, what do I, like there's a lot of information going around, what do I actually do? Go back to the workbook inside the course portal and go back to that dashboard page. The dashboard page inside the workbook uh, just gives you like things to just focus on. It's got four different options to focus on for eating. You don't have to follow those. You can choose another way of focusing. But I just chose those as just simple kind of cues that you can kind of think of throughout your day. 
Plus, it's got things to focus on, on just setting your goals and where you want to focus your mind. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and lost, that would be a really good place to go back to and, uh, and start with. All right. Any other questions? Give you guys a minute to type in. And I'm going to tell you who won the two mugs. And we're giving away two of these mugs in the Facebook group uh, for people who were commenting on the posts over the last few days. These are my custom mugs. They say believe. I know there's glare from my light. They say believe. And I made them this way because what I want is for you to have something that you can use every day. And it just reminds you. And I really believe that believing is like the number one thing to get yourself to your goals. Um, you just have to focus and keep believing. Okay, so the two people, and I don't know if they're here today, but we'll post it in the Facebook group too. The two people that each one of, one of these mugs was Gina Roosh and Amanda LP. Are you guys on the call at all? You can type into the chat if you're here. But uh, for those of you for who won the mugs, uh, Tara from my uh, business will be contacting you to get uh, mailing addresses so we can mail them out to you. So Gina Roosh and Amanda LP, congratulations. All right, any last questions, guys? All right, have a fantastic Saturday. I'm going to go back to recording more of the uh, Catalyst sessions that I was talking about at the beginning for that bonus program that I'm creating. Um, and uh, it's a rainy Saturday here, so I don't feel rushed to get outside. But have a fantastic long weekend, guys. Our next session is Monday morning. And we're going to be talking about things that get in your way of getting started and how to measure progress is what we're talking about uh, on Monday morning. Okay, have a fantastic day, guys. Bye-bye. All right, so what is the thing you're going to take away from that to apply to today, tomorrow, the next days? What's one thing that you want to focus on from what I taught you in that session? Don't forget, you can get additional support and materials by accessing the free course that goes along with these sessions. You can head over to weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash kickstart to access that course. That's weightsolutionsforphysicians.ca forward slash kickstart, which will help you take everything that I'm teaching you here to a whole other level. All right. Have a fantastic day, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.